Well, welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns. And today we're digging in from the first Sunday of Lent uh, message on Sunday, which was all about who Jesus is. And so we're, we're talking today about if that question changes in our lives and what is our answer um, to that all-important question. So let's get into it. Sounds good. Talk about a great first sermon on oh. this series. Well, I appreciate that. Like that? Well, it, it just gets you thinking. It's going to be the, the tee-off point to the next, however many, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a great place to start. Yeah. You know, and it just, I think that it's such an, like I said on the, in the sermon, like, it's such an essential question because it is, it lays the groundwork for so many other things. Mm-hmm. If we don't have that right or figured out, I mean, the right is subjective, but if we don't have that figured out, then so many other things are up in the air. Exactly. If we don't have that grounding. In the life of the church, there's a, a Bible study program called Alpha Course. Um, that's for people that are either questioning faith or new to faith or curious about faith. And it starts in that very same spot. You know, the, you meet for the first time in Alpha Course and you don't even really do a Bible study. You just meet to have a meal together and talk and get to know each other as a group. And then it very casually goes into the next session of who is God? Like, when we say that, what do we mean by that? And then it goes into who is Jesus, and then I think it then goes to the Spirit, but like, it handles those foundational questions Mm -hmm. in such a way that I just have found through the years to be so helpful for those that are, you know, newer to the faith and are seeking those, you know, the, to, to, to find their grounding in those, mm-hmm. in those essential, you know, those beginning essential questions. And so, oh. yeah, I liked, I, I really like the direction this series is going. Mm-hmm. Just as, uh, just checking in as a preacher, I used the same introduction Wednesday and today. Um, how did that land for you? That was fine. Okay. Yeah. I liked it. I, are you going to continue to use that? No, that okay. will, that, that'll go to bed now. But like, be, I mean, the reason why is I used it on, on Ash Wednesday because you know that was kind of the start. That was kind of the the eighth unofficial mm-hmm. essential question is what does God want from us? And on Ash Wednesday, it's you know a rent heart and a contrite spirit, um, and so that. But that story is such the linchpin of like why this series matters. Like mm-hmm. I just felt like I couldn't not use that twice. Well, and, and so, a lot of people don't come on Wednesday. That's kind of what I was thinking, too, <laughs> although I was blown away by the amount of people here on yeah, Ash Wednesday. I thought so, too. So, yep. I thought that was good. Yep. I found that video killer fascinating. Yeah. Some of the answers, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Just makes you cry. Yeah. If he was, if, if David Copperfield was alive in the oh days Oh, my gosh. Jesus, I wanted to punch that guy. Oh, my gosh. He was hilarious. Like, did you see the bird on his head? <laughs> did you see the bird <laughs> yes, on exactly. his head? Exactly. And we're going to listen to this dude? Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, at least I mean, like the very New York Jewish accent too. I just mm-hmm. thought it was perfect mm-hmm. before the crit, like for the face palm of, yes. of it all. Yes. You know, um, but I have some, like, um, this question is a question that has been answered throughout history. Um, you know, in the history of the church, there was a Roman governor named Pliny the Younger okay. that wrote a letter to Trajan the emperor and said, "I don't know what to do with these Christians." because they worship this Crestus, which is the incorrect way of saying the word Christos, which is the word Christ. They worship this Crestus as if he's a god. Um, so that's one, you know, who do you say that I am? And Pliny the Younger says Christ, Crestus, not even the right word. 
Um, and then uh, Mahatma Gandhi is famous for saying, I elect your Christ. I don't care much for your Christians, but I like your Christ. Um, and then C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity says that Jesus is either who he says he is or he's a madman or worse, a liar. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Those are all things. That's a, just a big paragraph that I just deleted. I like that paragraph. You shouldn't have deleted that. Yeah. But the video was good. Yeah. I found the video. Yes. Yep. That video was good. Yep. So. What were your thoughts? What did you... What did you take away? I've been listening on the way in. I just kept thinking about, like, what is my answer to that question? Mm. And he's a lot of things. Yeah. You know, and he's. Yep. It's hard for me to put it into words mm. because he is so. You can't pinpoint him to earthly things. You know right. what I mean? He's so much bigger than what we are. Yes, definitely. And so it's hard hard to describe mm-hmm. what he really is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why we ask the question, mm-hmm. especially during the season of Lent, like where Jesus is about to show us very graphically who he is. Right. You know, both in the crucifixion and in the resurrection. Like there is no denying right. who he is in those moments. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this is a it's an interesting question to poke at a lot, and I think that the that our answers can change throughout our lifetime mm-hmm. as we develop, as we go through more stuff, as you know, as just our our, our worldview shifts, our perspective of life shifts. Mm-hmm. And so, what I keep coming back to, to just kind of sum it all up, to pull in, I don't know, all the all of the different thoughts that I have, I just keep coming back to he's the reason I'm here. Mm. You know, like he's the yeah. reason that I do what I do. Yep. The reason why I treat people the way I try, at least the yeah. way I try to treat people. Sure. The reason why I try or strive to be a good father, a good husband. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, he's the reason why I do everything. Mm. And he's also the reason why I feel the way I do when I do things that I shouldn't be doing. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what I keep coming back to. I don't know if that's a good answer or not. That's a great answer, I think. That's an awesome answer. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I kept, I was like, really, that's what we all have to answer. Mm -hmm. In order to be here, we have to believe that Jesus is more than a person. Yes. In all those answers on the video, I think he's just a person, or I think, Mm -hmm. and it just, uh, man, it just dug at me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, the the Asian uh, American fellow that was like, I think he existed. Like, you know? fair mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he said i don't want to say that he didn't exist i think he existed that's not nothing when mm-hmm. it comes to answering that question because there are so many people that are just fine with jesus not existing right and even if he was i mean his answer was a little bit wishy-washier than a few of the more confident answers on that video but he was still jesus is still something to him right yeah i love that you pointed out that comment though um that the people who had the right answer mm-hmm. the right answer right yeah were way more confident about it oh yeah definitely like yep. the it almost felt like the more that you study who Jesus is mm-hmm. the more you realize who he is and right. so these people yeah. who just blow Jesus off blow Christianity mm-hmm. off yep they don't get it yeah yep yeah the answer that made me the saddest is that you know the woman that said that Jesus is a marketing genius because he got people yeah, to believe in exactly him. you know and like 
I guess, I mean, I get it. I get how people can come to that conclusion. It makes me sad and it inspires me to do what I do, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's still just kind of hard to hear that. Yes. I might post that video to our church's Facebook um, throughout the week or sometime this week so that we can kind of like just, it's kind of one of those videos you need to chew on. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about the relationship between rabbis and disciples. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, So basically, young Jewish men um, were kind of adopted by a rabbi like they were chosen by this rab by by certain rabbis to follow them Uh, the cliche of rabbis and disciples is that you know the disciples were covered in the dust of the rabbi that they followed the rabbi that closely when the rabbi ate they ate when the rabbi slept they slept and that was what it was like to be trained by a rabbi um it was very like it was very almost kind of how we would have like professors and students. Mm-hmm. Like there is a level of disconnect between professors and students. There's, I mean, and appropriately so. Like there's an appropriate boundary mm-hmm. that should exist between professors and students. Like you are there as a student, you are there to learn from that professor. You know, mm-hmm. it can be, you know, someone in your, like, in like I had an advisor named Dr. Higgle, and like every class I could take with Higgle, I took with Dr. Higgle. You know, and like I wanted to be, you know, covered in the dust of Dr. Higgle because I looked up to him so much as a pastor and a professor. Um, that's kind of how it was supposed to be with Jesus and the disciples. Okay. Because Jesus was a rabbi, and these disciples were, I mean, they were called by Jesus. The, you know, that some of the, the call stories are very well defined in the Gospels um, that we can go and read. Um, but this is such a removal of that barrier like this is no longer just rabbi and disciple this is no longer just student and teacher this is now these men know Jesus in the fullest extent you can know a person like they know like because of Peter of all people because of Peter they know that Jesus is the messiah that Peter answered the question correctly because you know Jesus goes on to affirm Peter to change his name and to call him the rock upon whom the church will be built and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And like, that's a big deal, you know? And so Jesus changes things and lets them into the circle a little bit stronger than your, you know, than a traditional rabbi and disciple or teacher and student would, um, you know? And so they, you know, they like, like we talked about last week, Eight days after this is the transfiguration. Mm-hmm. You know, eight, eight days later, the three, um, James and John and Peter, see the full, like, they already know, but then they see it even stronger. Like, they see it beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the Messiah, the one that can conjure light from heaven and Moses and Elijah and, a vo- and the voice of God. Like, this is, <laughs> you know, that, I mean, this all has to change their understanding and their relationship. And, like, Jesus makes it, apparent in John chapter 13 when he says, I no longer call you, you know, disciples. I call you friends. Like, you are now friends of mine. And that matters. Those words matter. That is a, that is a, a, a hinting, or not even a hinting, that is a statement of the relationship that they share, the intimacy that they share that would not be if they were following any other rabbi. You know, and so Jesus allows them to see 
more and more of who he is throughout the rest of their time together to the, to the point that, you know, had they not scattered and, and fled, those that followed close enough, John, namely, um, got to see Jesus crucified. Like, they got to see that final moment, which you don't invite everyone to that, even though it was a public, you know, crucifixion. The disciples still hid mm-hmm. um, from all of that. And so, you know, this is just one of those moments where the relationship between Jesus and the disciples matures and shifts and it becomes so much different. So they have these moments, and like you said in the the sermon today, Peter still denies him three times. Right. Yeah. Yep. I have a love and frustration relationship with Peter because there are so many times where he is so right, right after he is so wrong and vice versa and just, you know, he's such a fascinating character and such a fascinating, like, we we all have that, you know, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, we can't just look down on him and say, oh my gosh, Peter, how could you be so stupid? You know, but we kind of act that way sometimes too. Right, I mean, why do we act stupid sometimes? Mm -hmm. And in that situation where you thought, well, I'm going to get killed then too. Right, yeah. How would we answer that question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something to think about Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of this. So one of the things I mentioned um, in the sermon is that the question of who do you say that I am can sound so different depending on what circumstance you find yourself in. Like when the mechanic, like part of what I mentioned is when the mechanic tells you that your vehicle repairs are not worth the investment, that literally happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in Brookings. Um, and we replaced both of our vehicles in a week and a half um, because Lindsay was in an accident and told her HHR and I took, I had a Dodge Magnum at the time and I took it to my mechanic in Brookings and he came to my office, which is never a good sign. Oh no, that is like, he's a parishioner. And so like, it was fine. You know, I, 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 I knew him and trusted him and yeah, he came to me and he's just like, um, it's this and 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 it's just I cannot in good conscience let you conscience let you continue to drive this vehicle. Oh no. So yeah. Yeah. So like I mean, do you think the question changes when we're you find yourself in di- different circumstances? I don't know that the question changes. Hmm. I think our reaction to the question changes. Mm. But Jesus doesn't change. Jesus is always the That's same true. throughout that's true. And we can be upset with him. Mm-hmm. We can be more upset with the situation, but but who he is doesn't change. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. I think our answer to the question can change. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the right answer changes. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I definitely know that throughout life I've asked, you know, in different circumstances, I've asked that question differently. You know, it's one thing to have this awe-inspiring moment of, you know, like my ordination or even my commissioning where, like, the presence of God was so palpable and it's just, you know, who do you say that Jesus is in this moment? And 
but then there's like other times like jesus who are you you know Mm -hmm. where when life is when life is weirder and harder and 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 you know whatever i just think that that you know like you said our reaction to the question can change quite a bit and Mm -hmm. even our phrasing of the question you know right but when i think about that song that you know colton sang during um on his son's baptism Mm, yeah you know Jesus loves us without an end yep. forever. Yep. And yep. no matter what we do, yes. he's always going to be there. I just think that's so amazing. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I kind of had that moment. Um, like I, I, mean, I mentioned last week on the podcast that the transfiguration story this time around was just such a headcanon for me because it's Jesus discussing the end with Moses and Elijah and them coming. I mean, they weren't coming up with the idea, but they were, you know, they were preparing for what was next. And it was just, I was just struck by how much Jesus loves us. That even in that moment, as the glory of God is shining all around him, he is thinking of these people that he's going to give his life for. Give it, that, and that includes us. And just how much Jesus loves us is just... It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That has really hit me in the last couple of weeks. Again, I mean, I've already I've always known that to be true, but just that has hit me a lot in the last couple of weeks. How do you answer that? You know, does that question change for you? Mm. I don't think it does. Um, I think that, you know, we're going to get into this in a couple of weeks with one of the questions that we ask. Um, you know, on um, Palm and Passion Sunday, um, mm-hmm. the question is going to be, you know, what do we do with suffering? You know, what do we, and, and also uh, the week before that or two weeks before that um, is where is God when? Um, and those are some of, those are some some big questions to ask. Those are some big questions. You know, and so I mean, like I said, the, the, we're going to wrestle with these all through Lent. I think that there are other questions that we ask that are connected to that, but I don't think the question itself changes. I think that who do you say Jesus is, is a big enough question to wrestle with for a lifetime, really. You know, mm-hmm. and there there will be different seasons in life when our answers. Like you said, the right answer never changes, but there may be seasons of life where our answer does change, and we have to come back to to the realization of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't think the question changes. Yeah. So what are we getting going on next week? Yeah, so next week we're continuing this message series. The question we're going to be wrestling with is what is the most important? Um, you know, what's what's most important? Um in the law of Moses, there are 613 laws for the people of God to follow. And it comes to pass in Jesus' ministry that someone's trying to trap him to say something blasphemous so they have grounds to go after Jesus legally. But he asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Of all of the 16, 613 laws of the Hebrew Bible, what are the most important? What is the most important one? Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is a test for Jesus, but Jesus being, you know, the literal son of God, sees through the test and says, you know, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor on yourself. On this, the entire law rests. Because the entire law, 613 laws, can be boiled down 
into how we show our love for God and how we show our love for other people. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be wrestling with what is the most important thing in our life? What matters the most to us? You know, I just think that there is, uh, uh, there is a question around our priorities, especially during mm-hmm. the season of Lent. Like this is a season where we have, more, most of us have given up something um, mm-hmm. during the season of Lent. Um, and, you know, we've decided that that's important enough it raises to the level of being what we give up for Lent. But after 40 days, is it really as important as we think it is? Sure. Um, and so we're going to be wrestling with our idea of priority and what, what it takes to really, you know, really dig into both the love of God and the love of other people. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us this week for the Cut for Time podcast, the first one for the season of Lent. Join us again next week uh, in in person here at the church at 10 a.m. on Sunday or online on Facebook Live or back here for the Cut for Time podcast next week. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.